Mark, I know you're not a betting man, but if you had to bet right now... Half my income stream the last five years has been winning bets off you. <laughs> Who has a better rider? <laughs> Ariel Free or Danny Howard? It depends if you want to live past the age of 50. See, you're right. How do we define better? Because I think the listener, if they're curious, might at about 23 and a half minutes into this episode of the Helping Musicians podcast find out the difference between those two Radio 1 DJs and their requests on their rider. Yeah, vote Carrot Stick or KFC now at 81199 or whatever the Radio 1 text message number is. <laughs> Listen, if you're wondering what the fuck are these guys talking about, the guest we have this week is the wonderful Ariel Free. Um, and if you're wondering, hi, I'm a musician, why should I care about this next 30 minutes? It's because Ariel Free is not just a Radio 1 DJ. Oh, man. She's not just one of the most charismatic, most interesting, most fun DJs smashing it out there in the world right now. Basically, she's everywhere. But she also gives you basically every piece of music advice that you will ever need in the first 11 minutes of the show. It's a masterclass, a greatest hits album. We're playfully calling it a now album of, if not music advice, a now album of music networking. If you just listen to that first 10 minutes and act on it, you will dramatically increase your chances of getting your music heard by the person you want to hear it and that is your job at the start of your career Mm -hmm. there's not that much you can do to persuade their ears once they're listening (laughs) your job is to increase your chances of your music getting heard and ariel gives you an absolute greatest hits masterclass now album in how to increase those chances ariel we always start every one of these episodes by asking for for three tips on the kind of rough broad area that our guest is an expert in all right now with you You're an expert in many fields and you do many cool things. So we've kind of, as you all have seen from the prep email, kind of kept it broad, but also specific at the same time. So the question we want to ask you is our audience is full of musicians at the start of their career. We are assuming they are good. We are assuming they are talented. They are writing good songs and their goal is to develop their career. So in your opinion, for that artist at the start of their career who is good, what are the top three things they can be doing to increase their chances or improve their chances of building relationships with both radio and or club DJs? So I might say, okay, three do's and three don'ts. Do, do your research and find um, the DJ or the radio DJ's email. Now, if you just make a little bit of an effort of going onto someone's SoundCloud or their social media page, you are 10, probably nine times out of 10, going to find their demo submission email. Do not go into their Instagram DMs and say, please, can I have your email to send you music or send music (laughs) on Instagram DMs? I try and listen to as much music as I can. If you send me a track on Instagram DMs, I'm probably not going to listen to it because my music demo submission email is everywhere for you to see. So do find that email. It's really easy. Do also ask me for that email if you can't see it, but don't send me your music on Instagram DMs. (laughs) Don't send your music on WeTransfer because it expires and you have no guarantee that anyone is going to listen to that within a week of them receiving it. I also don't want to have to download your music to listen to it because we get up to 80, 100 promos a week. As a radio DJ, as someone who crosses both into both fields, we take our time to listen to music. Sometimes we get tracks given to us a month in advance of when they're actually released. Sometimes we get it on the day. It is luck of the draw when we actually will get a chance to listen to that music, when we're going through promos and we've got the time to like put our shows together and whatnot. The best chance you've got of getting your music played on the radio is sending a SoundCloud link or a Dropbox link that doesn't expire. 
thirdly, in terms of like speaking to DJs, don't assume I know who you are or what you look and I know what you look like. Even if I have played your music on the radio, <laughs> this comes down to, sorry, boys, a lot of men within this industry <laughs> who get really, really annoyed that I, I'm chatting to them. I go, sorry, I'm so sorry. What is your name again? Have we met before? And they go, um, we're so-and-so and give me their like coded alias DJ name and expect me to know what it look like when all I've ever seen is their music link and their artwork, which isn't their faces. I'm not getting a dating profile picture. Okay. So don't be offended. If I don't know what you look like when I first meet you, because all I've been sent is your music. I'm not sat there scouring your Instagram page trying to find out. Because... Also, this is another one. I run a club night and I always try and give as much of a platform to new DJs and also support local talent. I recently did one of my gigs in Manchester. I was offered a lot of local DJs to do the first set, which I was really keen to do. The one that they had like recommended when I went on his Instagram page was just pictures of him and his mates. So I couldn't tell who the DJ was. There was also no links to any of his music or, or mixes. Wow. And so for me, I was like, well, I don't know what you play. And I don't know what your sound is. And I don't know how much experience you've got. And also, I don't know which one you are because you're just having yeah. a nice time with me. And I'm all here for you about having a nice time. So just be conscious of like, Instagram is the first port of call of people looking as like yeah. a directory or a TikTok now. You kind of need to make it obvious who you are and what your music is. And this isn't just within the DJ and club world any sort of music just put like a 10 second teaser 20 second teaser 30 second teaser on your tiktok or your instagram when you're about to launch labor music that you're making so then i or the general public get an idea of what you sound like and if we like your music we'll then go further and add you on a spotify playlist and add you to your soundcloud and things like that so that's a lot of do's and don'ts but my main one is don't send a wee transfer link for your music. Don't expect me to know what your faces look like when you've only ever sent me your artwork and your links. And do just always be nice. And am I allowed to swear? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Mm, don't, don't be a dick. End of. <laughs> There's so many people, and I hate to say it, because there's a thousand thousand people who want to play your gigs or have their music played or basically be your friend. Don't be a dick. Don't be disingenuous. Don't be over-familiar when you haven't met before don't be pissed off if you send me a record that's definitely a club record and I'm not playing it on the radio and then call me and be like, why are you not playing my tune on the radio? It's two very different worlds. These are all things and situations, by the way, that have come my experience. This makes me sound annoyed. I'm not, but it's just, it really surprises me the expectations that people have of DJs and radio DJs when you've never even met before. Does that make yep. sense? I'm always lovely and open to like new music, but I, I just think there's there's a lot there's a way to go around it. Just be nice, but hey, this is my new music. Love to check it out, and this is my sound. Thanks very much. That is it. That's all you need to do. I feel like you've just given us the greatest hits of networking. It's like if there was a now album, now that's what I a now album of networking. Like now that's what I call yeah. how to network, curated by Ariel Free. Sam and I have almost injured our necks from how much nodding we were doing during nodding. that. that <laughs> Literally, is... <laughs> we could just end it there. <laughs> Show done. Just like mic drop. I did really enjoy when I mentioned the WeTransfer link. Like Sam just went, oh! Yeah. Thank uh, so thank no joke, you. potentially the most consistently repeated point. Yeah. And I, I well, it, jokes aside, Ariel, it genuinely is one of our biggest frustrations as well. We've seen like incredible artists that we know miss out on opportunities because they sent a dead link so many times. And to be fair, for a while we were like, oh, okay, we get it. You're not, you know, maybe you can't afford to pay for a service. But now that there's so many free alternatives and easy free alternatives that everyone knows about, it just makes yeah. no sense. 
I'm also uh, not the biggest fan of Google Drive links. That's just a personal vendetta because I find it really <laughs> clinky. And often when I get sent a Google Drive track, like on a mm. link from Google Drive, it asks me to download it as a zip. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's true, though. Like you're talking about complete randoms wanting you to download links. <laughs> Yeah, and also like I have so much music that because I make all my music on my laptop, Mm. and and then that's where all my music lies as well within my record box. And then yes, I've got hard drives and been backed up. You are conscious of just like downloading something. Oh no, that sits in my. But now I've got got the effort to delete it if I don't like it and get it out of my bin. Like it's just a rigmarole. Whereas if you just send me a nice Dropbox link and listen to it, I like it. I'm like, oh, I'll download that. So so you've given us this like masterclass. You've done kind of done a. (laughs) A year of music college in six and a half minutes, like how to network in the business industry. What are some of the more creative ways people have managed to get on your radar? With Who's done it really well? You've kind of given us a good overview of the fuck-ups, but who's come up with really creative, engaging ways to, to, to get your ears to want to listen to their music? Do you know what? It's literally just as simple as like saying a really nice email. What I do is I put time away for when I'm like, when I say I've got a weekend full of gigs and there's very different ones. Maybe I've got a festival gig and then I've got my high residency and then maybe I've got a daytime kind of beachy gig. I'm going to like set aside time in my week to go through and properly like dig into everything I've been saying. I'm a bit of a digital bunny. I don't like go into record shops and buy vinyl and rip it. I'm purely on like links that I get from like pluggers or DJs. Also another thing, don't do Do you know what's at me, your music? Don't WhatsApp me your music. I'm sorry. WhatsApp is not for you to send me your like music. Like I'm just, no, like it's bad enough. That is breathe, Ariel, breathe, breathe, anyway. breathe, breathe, breathe. Like, how many whatsapp groups are we in and then also do not and then this is like, do not this is totally a therapy do not reach out to me yeah do not reach out to a dj you've never met before pretend that you've had a conversation and also pretend that someone gave you my number and then when i ask you who that person was that gave me a number and you don't have an answer for me because you completely made it up you are never going to get your music played for me because you've just gone around it the wrong way so Ooh, i, I find like that really like that school because we are all busy human beings and also like i when i'm doing my early breakfast show i have to be in bed by like 8 p.m if i'm getting a text message at midnight from someone who's decided to take their chances when they're drunk or whatever i'm sorry i've instantly lost respect for you do go through the right avenues get the music email if you have to ask me for that music email on my socials not a problem but if you just look to my soundcloud you see it listed there you'll see it in my bio on my facebook page and it's there okay yeah. um but if you're going to send me a WhatsApp and pretend that we know each other, and then when I inquire, sorry, who gave you my number? And then you don't have an answer for me. Like, I find that so disingenuous. You instantly put a bad taste in my mouth. Um, oh, yeah. So just stick to the music email. It's the, the golden rule. And genuinely, for you to get your music played, I we will all create dig and we will all listen to as many links as we can, as much as we can. That is our jobs. We want to we want to get all that new music and this, those artists out there. So I could mm. say probably, like, 85% of my music inbox I will listen to within the month, like, if I can. Okay, cool. And that is your easiest way of getting your music played by me. Like, simple as that. Don't, I think also, like, it's very, you've got to do your research. Maybe you saw me DJ at Elwood this weekend. And you go, hey, do you know what? I listened to your set and the music you're playing was really, like, similar to, like, what I'm making. I'd love for you to hear it. Here's a few links. That's going to make my ears prick up because you've done your research and you're not just going, like, like, flying out to everyone. It's a bit <laughs> yeah. personal. Um, so there are those little touches where you can say, I listen to your radio show, this, and I think this would fit quite well. And the other spectrum of that, don't just say that and know that I, I, like, I don't really play grime, for example, on my show, <laughs> my show or drill music or 
no, I don't like it, but it's just like, that's not what my show is. My show is a dance show and an early breakfast show. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it has to be daytime friendly, accessible dance music for the radio. Um, yeah. A bit more special as we do dance playlists. And then obviously my sets is house and like big bangers. It's just do your research where, you know, if you want, if you're playing a more, if you're making like a kind of more breaks beats, like garage vibe, ravey vibe, Sarah and Pete might like it on a Friday night, even Danny, do you know what I mean? So yeah. just do your research a bit. So the principle is work out what music that person is actually into. Yeah, well, not specifically. I just think like, I I remember a DJ saying to me, oh God, Annie Mac never plays my music. And he's like, she hates me. That was what they said. And I was like, Annie Mac doesn't hate anyone. Annie (laughs) Mac just has a taste of music that maybe isn't the music that you're making. There's no personal vendetta. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely no like her not liking you. It's purely her music taste. She is the curator of that show. And she wants to play what she likes that week when she's like, like gone through all her tunes. Same with yeah. Benji B, same with Majestic on Kiss, same with Sam Divine and Defective Radio. You know, we all have our own personal music. There's never anything personal. And I do think mm. people must get so, I get it. You get disheartened if you don't hear back. Or I think it's just not being aware. Like mm-hmm. we've got, we get sent so much music and we want to play as much as, it if we, as we can. It's just about understanding that sometimes that tune maybe not, not necessarily be the tune that I could play. Like there's this edit at the moment um, that I've been loving uh, from Ghost 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 who has done this like amazing, incredible nice. techno edit of Spice Girls Wannabe. <laughs> that is a full on hard techno beat. Yeah. I have hammered it in every set that I can at high and at festival. Can I play it on the radio? Probably not. It's too hard because <laughs> it's a club record. Yeah. Um, and like Ghost knows that, and Jagu, who signed the um, the record to her, her Utopia label, knows yeah, that yeah. also. Like it's having that understanding that there's there's places where things fit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's it's trying not to get disheartened if it is your tracks are not going straight onto radio play, or as maybe not having the capability when we do drop your record in our sets, we might not have someone filming. That's like another thing. Like people are like, if you drop this, can you make sure you film it? Sorry, I do most of my gigs on my own. I don't always have a videographer with me because yep. as Sam knows, they're quite expensive. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not getting paid like Patrick Topping is. Ridiculously. So you have to pick and, you have to pick and choose. Well, Sam specifically, by the way, I was just saying, you, like everyone you. has to get paid. <laughs> but, but you Massively have to. Overpriced. Like, Thank you. you. You have to choose what gigs you want to get filmed. You don't necessarily want to do every every single one because that's coming off your fee, which is already having commission taken off it, like withholding tax, travel fees, accommodation fees, all the extra bits added on top. Mm. So you really have to like budget like which ones you want to like really go in with like a videographer for it and like pay for that service because you want them to get paid what they deserve to get paid. But it doesn't mean that I'm every gig I'm doing where I'm playing new tunes, I'm going to have a moment to be like get my phone out and like start <laughs> filming because I'm playing your tune. So it's just being aware. Everyone is trying their best, but there's also a lot of people demanding a lot of people, a lot from a lot of people. I feel like empathy is the thing that's needed from this last 10, 15 minutes. Mm. What kind of numbers of demos are you and your peers getting, just to just to put out there how much music you are being right. bombarded with? If I open my emails from this morning, so I have a music-specific email. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, that's got seven tracks on it. It's also an hour 18, <laughs> 22. I mean, I know that we've said, but that's basically in the last hour, I've had 23 different tracks sent to me, minimum. Well, so that's just in an hour this on a Monday morning. <laughs> so, DJs aren't meant to be up on Monday mornings. So like, yeah, never mind, we're <laughs> 20 tracks. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's a lot. I'd say on average, I'll get about between. 40 to maybe 60 is a push 40 to 50 tracks a day maybe but I love it 
you know, and you want to play as much as you can and also you get excited about. And, like, some of them will be from pluggers. Some of them will have a list of all the artists that they're – and that's good for me to know that because I want to know what labels they're releasing where. And I've just started my own label. I know the importance of having a good radio promo behind you <laughs> and really helping seed out those tracks. So yep. um, I feel like I'll just come on here and moan, but it's just no. – I think it's just an awareness <laughs> and not to get disheartened. That would be my two biggest things. Have awareness – and don't get disheartened. Like, okay, last point, last Oof. one. Sorry, go, sorry. go, go, go. <laughs> on my music email, it lets you, if you send me a demo and you've either won it from a label, you want me to really play, you'll get an automatic response being, hey, thank you for sending me your track. If it's suitable for my radio show, you're going to hear back. If, you, if it's suitable for my radio show, my label, or um, my gigs, you'll hear back for me. If not, um, thank you so much for sending. If, um, if not, thank you so much for sending your stuff. Um, I really appreciate it, um, and hopefully, like, I'll keep sending me more. Right? Mm-hmm. It's really lovely. If you get that automatic response, and you don't hear back from me for two months. It probably means it's not suitable for the shows that I'm doing. That is not a personal vendetta. Do not then hammer me eight times after that saying, hey, hey, have you listened? Hey, have you listened? Hey, hey, did you get this? Just a quick nudge, just nudging this one up again. Yeah. And it's like, I've, I've literally put it in writing. If this is suitable for my show, you will hear back from me. And that's as simple as that. And, and I'm trying to make your life easier. Yeah. And so, yeah. But just also be safe in the knowledge that we are probably listening to it and we've gone and listened, we've gone and listened to your music because we try our best. But that's definitely the main effort that we make as DJs, a radio DJ specifically. Mm. Well, all, Sorry, almost Seth. all of... No, 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 no. Well, it's all... That point also echoes into the, this kind of next question, which is almost everything we talked about, as Mark said, is either empathy related to you and like your peers, but also it's about the person that is sending the music, not taking things personally and kind of being able to understand and grasp that concept. Yeah. Personal. So linked to that, just respectively for you and experiences you've had, was there anything that helped you yourself get to a place of not taking it personally when you were hustling for your radio shows, when you were hustling for your club gigs? Was there anything that helped you learn to not take it personally and or like an experience that helped you realise it wasn't personal? Well, I trained as a dancer from a very young age. I'd started dance classes when I was like nine years old and I got into like basically like the Scottish Royal Ballet School. And what that taught me from a very young age, from high school age onwards, was resilience because 90% of your dance career is no's in additions. <laughs> and I think it's probably the greatest skill that I've ever, ever had, because when I, I always wanted to be in radio, but I didn't know how to find a way. I didn't have the money to go to do a radio production course at university, because I'd already, that was studying a degree in performance and dance, which I had to get through a scholarship, because I, I don't come from money, a money background. Yeah. So I couldn't afford the radio course. I kind of knuckled down and sent people emails asking if I could come in and shadow their community radio stations. I found a radio production course at the Roundhouse, who are incredible in London. They did two found courses under 25-year-olds. They did a radio production course. I did it for 14 weeks. I tried to learn as much as I could. I made demos myself. You have to be very DIY about stuff. So from a very young age, I learned resilience and understanding that sometimes I'm going to people say no. I mean, I wrote a bit when I joined Radio One. They told me no for eight years. I was in auditioning and demoing every year since 2011. I didn't get my job until 2000, well, 2018. So yeah, just just under under eight years. And I, I listed every part of the journey because I wanted people to see how many times I've been told no and how I found out no and you know and the tears that were involved and the kind of having to pick yourself up again and like try again and then almost like giving up and then just sending one one chance email being like asking the boss for coffee and then suddenly the door was open again so it's um my biggest thing is that resilience is going to be your greatest skill that you will ever own as someone within any creative industry especially if you're a freelancer or self-employed 
because there's usually thousands of other people who want to do the job that you're doing the <laughs> same skill set I hate to say it but a lot of it is luck like I don't understand why I'm now on Radio 1 so many people <laughs> have spent eight years as well and haven't got there um, I don't understand why I'm now getting to DJ around the world. Some people have tried and they haven't got there. Like, I, I can't remember, but all I know is that I've probably worked my backside off relentlessly since the age of 16, 17, because I knew that was the only way I could then be happy with myself, knowing that I gave it my all. And if it didn't work out, at least I know I did give it my all. If you're 21 and you haven't naturally got a gift for resilience, have you got any tips on how to consciously build it? Boxing is really good. <laughs> because no seriously like wasn't expecting that answer <laughs> no because like I, I I took up a boxing class because I was getting really frustrated and worked up about certain things that weren't working out for me and I was spending my whole time in this negative energy and what I found was like by doing this 45 minute boxing class I could bash out everything I was pissed off about <laughs> and then I come out and I'd almost feel like quite relieved yeah. like because I got all that like work everything I've worked been worked at and like life is full of frustrations and constant like knockbacks and, and and people who annoy you and negative energy and like actually what I find is like when you focus on the positive and the good things that are happening that's when good positive things happen to you so I constantly mm-hmm. try to keep that in my, my mind frame do not worry about what everyone else is doing around you I, I remember there was this thing that I, I went to talk once and they were like a racing horse and always wins the race is the one that has the blinkers on and doesn't look left or right. It's only looking down its own lane. It's staying its own lane and only concentrating on what it it needs to do. Yeah. You can get so sidetracked by other people and being. And biggest tip: mute the people that you are getting upset by in terms of like if you're looking at them going, "Why have I not got their success? Yes. Why are I not doing what they're doing?" Because you don't want to unfollow them. That you don't need to do that. Awkward. But I was like looking and comparing myself to my peers, going, "Why haven't I got that?" And this it's such negative, wasted energy. But if you mute them and mute their stories and mute the page, you're still following them and you can check mm. in them when you want to. But it means you're not constantly faced with like all these things that you want to be doing and you suddenly compare them. This jealousy comes out, which isn't nice for anyone. Um, there's so many steps. Meeting people, boxing. Um, <laughs> no, genuinely. Come on, like, Honestly, like do a boxing class. Yeah. Do a boxing class and tell me that you haven't like had the best. Oh, I've like, done it. I've done it. Just come it's out scary. like, oh. <laughs> it's therapeutic isn't it um it and then i'll also be honest i am um, i had a couple of sessions with like a business counselor uh especially when things were getting quite down and i was just finding that i wasn't getting anywhere and frustration was just taking over mm. my whole life and um it, it was i found it the most useful thing that i've had uh, within mm. business um it's almost like business therapy and you know they, they taught me skills to help me deal with certain like feelings that I was having towards certain parts of my career things that I was happy with things that I wasn't happy with how to not let those things completely overwhelm you I know they can be quite costly but if you are getting really really down and bogged down and really into this like kind of mindset of like it's what's going on it's not happening it's so useful to go it's, a, it's called business counseling and they just basically give you skill like little skills and little tricks and little things to help you deal with your emotions whether you're happy, sad, overwhelmed, overjoyed, and just, you know, and also give you little tips on like how you can steer through difficult parts of your career. And the other inference in there is the fact of to see yourself as a business. If you're an aspirational mm. musician or an aspirational oh, DJ, my God. you are Ariel Free right. PLC. <laughs> yeah, and also this boils down to your behaviour at gigs as well. Mm. We all like to party, we like to have a good time. But just be aware that you're there to do a job. 
And if you turn up off your face, not being able to DJ, that's going to affect your next booking with that person. Like everyone I work with, I want to turn up and do the best thing in my life. I'm not saying you can't have a drink and you can't have fun. There's DJs out there who can DJ on whatever they've taken. Like it's like a thousand things and still be absolutely incredible by this. I know if I'm drunk on the decks, I'm a terrible DJ. So you'll often see me with like one drink before if I want it. Sometimes I do a lot of gigs sober now. And then I'll have one on the side and you probably won't see me touch that because I'm too busy dancing and having a lovely time. <laughs> Just be aware of getting two party party because we all want to have fun <laughs> but also it, we are party, business party. and we're here yeah. to do a job and there's a lot of repercussions that come with getting dare I say it too fucked on the job and there's so many other DJs out there who are not doing that and coming in and they are nailing it and they are doing the job and they're getting mm. by all means crack on having a drink like I will go and do that and then I want to have a drink after and like have a nice time and chat away to people and whatnot yeah. but I would say just be careful of how far you take the partying sometimes because I think there's so many other people who are not doing that I think just do it in your own time like like Glass and me, I went and had a lovely time when I wasn't having to do a DJ set. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I went and had as many drinks as I want and I went and partied with friends and whatnot. But you just have to be, I think, aware. Because that gig that you're doing could lead to the next big gig yeah. and the next big gig. And you don't know what because they're in the audience. My first ever gig for Elro was in Elro Island. And um, I, I did, we did an impromptu about to act myself and eat everything. I was so nervous. And we had a lovely time. And, you know, there's drinks going on. Four and a half hours, you are going to have a drink through that and whatnot. Yeah. What I didn't know throughout the whole of that DJ set was the North American booker of Elro. And they walked up to me and said, we're going to book you straight away. It was oh, one of my wow. first ever gigs for them. And I didn't know that, but I went in. I wanted to do my best and did the job. And then, it, you know, instantly opened loads of doors for me. So yeah. just be aware. People are watching and there's so many people who can give you that next gig that's going to help pay your bills. I like the mischievous uh, simplicity of the phrase, party, party. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel's guy, just party, 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 party. Party, party. It's like out and out. Yeah, out, 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 the cousin of that. So one of my friends is a really cousin. Like, she says, it's when the danger arrives. That's what she calls it. Because there's a danger zone that you get to when you get too yeah. drunk or you Different go point. beyond merry. Or t- and she calls it the danger point because you can really like take it too far quite easily so because i i know that i get drunk really easily when i dj because the adrenaline is running through me so i had to make a conscious decision to be like i need to watch what i drink before a dj gig because it goes straight to my head and i'm flying around and don't get me wrong like i said you always see me i might do a shot here and there like i pick and choose but i also think it's so great now that being sober at a gig is so Mm. acceptable because when i first started djing that wasn't a thing you drank (laughs) when you dj'd now it's great if you go i'll have a sober rider today and they're like yep sure no problem if you did that before promoters would be like oh what um so i love that that's really acceptable now more of that sober riders and hearing protection being normalized what has happened to dj i know (laughs) we all got we all got so even now this is so bad like i've started putting earplugs in in my gym class (laughs) oh wow respect (laughs) because they like bang out the music so much i'm like protect my little ears there we go <laughs> you're basically talking dirty to us ariel these are our dream yeah, riders yeah. earplugs yeah, these... coffee and an organic <laughs> salad that's what's beyond yeah. me and sam's Sorted. rider do you know what um danny howard and i recently did a gig and um we were both like in opposite change rooms and we we're like well let's just go in the same like dressing room because like they're all quite spread out and there wasn't many other people there anyway so they're like he, we, we walked through to my change room and he went is that your rider because I, I was driving so i had a silver rider um <laughs> the only snacks that i have in my rider is um 
like vegetable sticks and dip, whereas he's got like <laughs> crisp chocolate and yeah. like, he and like rolls and things like that. Yeah. And he was like, "Who's got a better rider?" And there was me, my little like cucumber like sticks, and, like hummus, yeah. and he had all these like bells and whistles. And like and he was like, yeah. he was going to a friend's party after, so he was like taking yeah. those alcohol with him. But I was like, I look like such a nana with my little carrot stick, like from my kid, but health, cup of tea. health is wealth. Yeah, oh, just like replied, who's going to die by the time they're 50? And also, when it's great to drive between gigs because it means you won't drink, you won't drink and you'll, you'll have to keep on top of things, obviously. Um, yeah. And you do kind of, there's a certain smug feeling of coming away from a gig having just eaten some cucumber and carrot sticks. <laughs> I don't feel like death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a walking walker's crisp right now. <laughs> Well, Ariel, that feels like a beautiful way to start wrapping this up. <laughs> Some one liners that have you're never been said. Into, you're going to make me into a human crisp now, aren't of you? Of course, yeah. You are going to be, gonna be, be uh, Gary Lineker and you are going to be in the same frame. It's sorted. Yeah. Um, no, it's just a huge strong I've got and a carrot dick. Yeah. No, funny thing. I actually have to, I've had to take carrot sticks off my rider because I bit into one to cut one of my teeth recently. So it's actually <laughs> vegetable Ooh, sticks. Dangerous. No carrot sticks. Disco injuries, carrot sticks. Yeah, just go and just carry it. So they've actually been banned from my rider. Banned <laughs> from the rider. Wow, so most people are Sorry not like keeping tequila off the rider because they've gone too far with it. You've gone too far with your carrot sticks. Well, <laughs> many one-liners that have never been said on the Helping Musicians podcast. Thank you, Ariel. Yeah. We'll wrap this up with the one question we do ask every single guest, which is: as we record this on the twenty-fourth of July, what is one piece of new music that you are in, loving right in this moment, right now? Is this, this is going to be really wanky to say, but mm-hmm. I made a tune last week with Ghost, 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 and I played it out at High on Friday on Elro on Saturday, and it's hands oh, down the favorite track, my favourite track I've ever made, to Ooh. the point when I played it, my friends were at mine before Elro turned. Mm-hmm. One of them went, what, turned to one, they went, what the hell is this tune? And I was like, oh, me? Okay, <laughs> so that's my favourite track. It's called Nicely Jumping. Done. It's not going to come out for months, because, <laughs> um, but yeah. And also my favorite, my favorite new tune is my own track, Levitate. Sorry, thank you, bye. She's a pro, she's done this before. It's almost as if she's a professional broadcaster. I know. (laughs) 